0: seasonal and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florist shops and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers. FarmGrow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown, fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com and thank you to The Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Well, today you are in for a treat because in addition to my interview with Danielle Strawn of Jolie Blooms, if you watch the replay video, you'll see two video tours that she and her team filmed for us to share. Danielle is a longtime Slow Flowers member who is a past guest of the Slow Flowers podcast. We spent several days together in the spring of 2016 when Danielle organized a Slow Flowers in California North Bay Area tour for me. She was my guide to tour flower farms, visit design studios, and learn more about the stories of the emerging community for local flowers in that area. Danielle had a few cameo appearances during the four-part series that I recorded on that tour, but this episode is devoted entirely to Danielle's story and to Jolie Bloom's. I'm so excited to share my recorded conversation with Danielle as we discuss some of the infrastructure issues and operational decisions she's making for Jolie Bloom's, which is now wrapping up its sixth season. Danielle has been growing and designing in Sonoma County, California, even longer than that, so she has much wisdom to impart with her straight talk and her sense of humor. You'll want to visit slowflowerspodcast.com to watch the replay video of both today's conversation and the full video episode, which begins with a field and studio tour recorded by Emma Wood and Danielle. That's followed, as I said, by my interview with Danielle, and then we wrap up with a beautiful design demonstration that Danielle filmed in her studio. Together these segments will give you a full picture of Jolie Blooms. You can find it all at slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 583. Let's jump right in and get started. Well, we're in our studio now, so I can talk face-to-face with Danielle Strawn. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Deborah. It's just so great to see you. Um, We were reminiscing before we started recording. Thank you for that great farm growing area and studio tour, because I think it's so easy for people to picture the scale of what you're doing now. Um, And then at the end of this, after our conversation, we'll have a really fun design demo and see some of those flowers. Put into beautiful purpose. So I want to just, bu- I've already said this in the introduction that we've been friends for a long time, that you reached out to me in 2016 and introduced yourself. And from that came this phenomenal visit I got to come spend with you in April of 2016 um, in North, in North Bay. And at the time you were with, you had a different business. It was called Chica Bloom Farms, but very soon after you transitioned into creating Jolie Bloom. So we want to talk about that today and kind of, I've got lots of questions for you. So thank you for doing this. Number one, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Um, what is the sort of elevator pitch for Jolie Blooms? How do you describe the business and maybe what are the facets that y- you can um, sort of share with people in terms of being a farmer florist?
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Deborah, for having me on the show, but also just for everything you do for Slow Flowers. Um, the mission is Just so amazing about how how the word is getting out about the importance and the quality of local flowers and the amount of connection you have brought to every one of us in the flower community. It's very special.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I felt very included in your world, too. (laughs) <laughs> oh, good. Um,
1: so, yeah, so Jolie Blooms, I started in 2016, in the summer of 2016. And oh, funny time to start a flower growing and designing business, <laughs> but that was just when it happened. And at first, I was located in a different, I, my business was located in a different town than the one that I live in. And since then, I've been able to puzzle piece together everything into the little small town of Bloomfield where I live and so I have my home property and greenhouse seed growing uh, my seed growing greenhouse on the same property and then we have two small fields that we rent from nearby neighbors who both have like two acre properties and they've rented out a quarter acre of their fields to us so collectively we have about a half acre and then another neighbor has this big huge old like Tugar barn workshop that once was a um, it's always been a maker space actually mm-hmm. it, it was a um, ceramic studio for the original homeowners landowners and then it became like a mechanic tinkers hoarders den tinker space <laughs> before it became our di- z- design studio space so together we have everything in this it's a like a four block country town, and we can literally walk from property to property, although there's many times where we have a van full of flowers going from one property to the next.
0: And where is, where is Mm -hmm. Bloomfield in, um, in Northern North Bay area in terms of what would people recognize in terms of a close location? Sure. So from,
1: so from our door to the Golden Gate Bridge, we are about 45 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge, and um, we're out towards the coast. So, like, people might head up into Sonoma County. We're in Sonoma County, which mm-hmm. is north of Marin County. Um, and people might head up to the town of Petaluma or Santa Rosa, but we're west of there towards okay. the coast.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. great. I just love And so, we have the- a lot of coastal influence, which yeah, is you been mentioned really that. great for growing. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, or maybe um, it might have been Emma who mentioned how mild and temperate it is because of that. Um, yeah. It's just so interesting to think about. You know, some somebody could look at this, and you sent us a graphic of this town map, and I'm going to share mm-hmm. that of where everything is. Um, and it, it is really like a one. Is there a stop? Is there a light? A stoplight in town, or is it just a stop? To, stop sign town. Stop signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how? You know, it sounds like very scattered. Oh my gosh, you have four locations, but you're you've, you're probably more efficient than if you had to drive. I don't know. 30 minutes to something, some other place where everything was together because you're just building your lifestyle around this routine of walking to where your growing area is or driving to pick up (laughs) things you've harvested and then your design studio. It just sounds really nice, really well thought out. It is.
1: It is. And, you know, in Sonoma County, I think a lot of people in California and maybe a lot of other places in The United States are dealing with, you know, such inflated prices for homeownership. And so we're really trying to look at being able to eventually buy land and Mm -hmm. and working towards that. But right now we're, we're renters. And so to be able to rent both, you know, our home, our studio space and our growing space and have it all connected in this little network of a town, it's huge. We're so grateful.
0: And you said it's relatively affordable, like the studio, it's like the... Mm -hmm there's a little bit of a relationship there between all of your landlords and you, they, they, they support what you're doing. Oh, Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And
1: you know, sometimes, I mean, because I am such a, I want to run this professional business that is sustainable and, and it accounts for what if, what if I have to move and my next landlords aren't as supportive and they want, I, so I'm always, I even have to kind of push my, Field landlords be like, no, we're going to sign a yearly contract and we're going mm-hmm. to, um, you know, pay you the fair going rate for for farmland for this scale. Um, just because, because they, they love having somebody in their field who's taking care of their property, who's bringing beauty to it, that they think it's like a gift we're giving them, mm-hmm. which in a lot of ways mm-hmm. it is. But we're also very grateful yeah. for the land and the water that they let us use.
0: I noticed that that the drip irrigation was installed at both farms, so your your yeah. lease includes use of their water. Yes. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing.
1: And but and everything I mean, in in you know our rural property which a lot of people in rural areas can probably relate to is the water is well water, it's not metered. But the electricity to pump the water is what their help, what our rent helps cover.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Not to get so nitty gritty, but it's really interesting to get that. um, Oh, wait. I'm not supposed to. uh, Apparently, nitty gritty is culturally offensive. And I'm so sorry I said that. So I'll cut that out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. My friend just told me that, so. So not to get so down in the weeds, but it's really interesting because I think it's, like you said, well water is an issue for many growing areas, especially agricultural regions. Um, Okay, so you and Emma are working full time on the farm, right? It sounds like she's, and and then your partner, Jeremy, is on tap whenever you need him. Is that sort of how you divide the labor?
1: Yes, definitely. And, And as the business has grown, you know, I was a... I was the one jack of all trades in the very beginning. Um, and I'd hire, you know, help as needed for big pushes or Jeremy would come out and help me with a big push. Um, but as the business grew and I realized that I really needed somebody else, I wanted to, you know, hire somebody that I could hire full-time in this economy where we live to hire someone part-time is really almost like a disservice and in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the sense that, we need a living wage here in this area. So I really wanted to build a full-time position that someone could rely on. And so when I got to that scale, Emma was the perfect person to jump in. She has uh, an amazing um, farming background. She actually um, went to the, the CASPIS program at Santa Cruz. And then she interned with Zoe Hitchner at Front Porch Farm and, and then she worked with Hedda at Full Bloom Farm, um, Hedda Barstrom. And so she has a really great both farming and design background before she came to us. And we had hired her for many of our freelance work with different weddings before she, we oh. hired. So we knew she was going to be a really great fit. And she's really helped to be a consistent force out in the fields and keeping flowers going while I'm turning more and more inward towards, you know, client relations and,
0: And spending more time on the computer than I would
1: love sometimes. But it's also an important part of building the business.
0: Well, you're the rainmaker. You're bringing in the business. You have to be the first point of contact when when someone is inquiring about a wedding, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, And we are training Emma more and more into that space as well. What we're working on a concept right now is like we had really defined roles this year. Um, but what that meant is that there was a lot of time where Emma's out in the field and I'm solo in on the computer and on the phone and prepping things in the studio. And so there was a lot of divided time. And we really mm-hmm. love working with each mm-hmm. other, too. We like some of our own time, but we really like working with each other, too. So we're kind of trying a new approach for 2023 where we're getting her more into the bookings process and client management process where maybe that will get me back out into the field more, too.
0: I was thinking about that when I watched the video, and I thought, how nice it w- must be for you to have um, a co-farmer to choose varieties and talk about troubleshooting. And I mean, it just seemed like um, because your selection of what you grow is so um, specific to what you design that you you kind of decide these things together and, and evaluate flowers that you want to keep and decide who's going to get kicked out of the farm. And you know, like you were talking about the tags that you put on certain varieties and that was your way of knowing that they would be replaced. I mean, is that Mm -hmm. sort of an ongoing conversation that you and Emma have?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, we all, we all have our flowers that are like our most sentimental flowers that we just love so much. And I am, really attracted to all things Spikes. So Fox Love, Delphinium, Digiplexus, and Snapdragons. And I used to just try to grow every variety and color of Snapdragons. And we've really, with Emma's help, have honed <laughs> which ones are the ones that we really need for our design work. And I can't have every color of Snapdragons.
0: <laughs> well, I felt like there was a distinct palette when I when and people will see your design in in the next segment um, that is, must be just so on trend for the wedding customers that are coming to you. And I hate to use the word trend, but these colors are in the consciousness of couples uh, for their ceremonies. Or are you pushing those colors? I just am curious.
1: Yeah, that's, I think color is a great question because yes, we are growing what we know year after year kind of continues to trend even if there's you know new pantone colors that hit the scene a couple years later and 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 then they become popular still there's a base of like creams and blushes and muted colors that will blend with even like the more robust colors so even if we have to for a wedding buy in you know from another local farm something that's brighter or bolder than we have in our field we still have a lot of stuff to be able to work mm-hmm. as you know the base mm-hmm. and the blenders
0: that makes sense. So your core crop is is in that that beautiful I don't know, like sepia tone palette. Um, mm-hmm. but if someone wants a primary color, you've got lots of friendly farmers that are in your cohort that you can just source from yes. for a yeah. sunflower or something. Mm-hmm. yeah i did we i did, did that love just a,
1: a bit ago did, did you i, for, d- I did love, for an early october wedding yeah yeah <laughs>
0: i did love the whole rose section with the distant drums coco loco and honey dijon i was like oh they've they've got this down i mean those are yeah those are the roses that uh would cost a fortune to buy in and you're you're keeping maybe your margins better because you're growing those for your weddings yeah,
1: I wonder about that. We talk about it and we're really getting to a stage with our business where we're able to see numbers consistently. And thankfully, my husband, Jeremy, is our bookkeeper. Our financial manager is his official title. And um, he's been doing a great job with QuickBooks over the last few years and really helping us to track in a more consistent way than I was able to do when I was the jack of all trades. Um, and you know, to see what we spend on growing both like time, amendments, plants, the whole process, and then to try to break that down with how much we're essentially, our design business is also buying back from us. I don't think we actually, I think we spend more money than if Mm. we were to just buy in flowers. However, Mm. we're so passionate about being out in the field and getting to spend time out there with the flowers and, and having the opportunity to to pick the perfect flowers for that wedding, the ones that are going to be in the bridal or the standouts in the arbor or whatever, you know, the, the standout flowers almost always come from our field and the quality that we're delivering, just, we know we're doing something really special because we feel it, but also the amount of wedding professionals and guests And mothers of the brides who are just like, I've never seen flowers like this before. Like, you know, I know there's in especially in the slow flowers world, there are a lot of people who can relate to this. But in general, we're in such a big wedding market that a lot of people in this market don't get fresh flowers from straight out of their field Mm -hmm. or not enough Mm -hmm. people are buying from the local farms Mm -hmm. and getting that quality product. And so there's just, you know, a, a wedding market where there's you know, tons of weddings every single weekend, the caterers, the planners, they see a ton of flowers and they're just like, these are different. There's something wow. really cool about these. Wow. And so we know we're doing something special, but yeah. we still have to, we still have to charge our customers right now, the sort of like similar price range that we, to be competitive. We're not Absolutely. like distinguished enough that we get to charge what it's actually worth, but yeah, uh, but there's well, you're moving a value that. to it anyways.
0: Yeah. So in, I was just doing the math. So this is your seventh season as Jolie blooms. I mean, you're just almost had your seventh anniversary in July, right? Yep. Wow. And what has changed in that arc of time? It, have you expanded the, what, the type of weddings you're doing and the, the, just your emphasis on weddings and events and, and let some other things go? Because um, I yes. know people have to make these decisions. Um, I know is you're not yes. going to the farmer's market anymore, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> not going to farmer's market anymore. And, you know, we did for 2020 with the pandemic really have to refocus. And we were so lucky to have a field full of flowers to be able to say, okay, we don't have any weddings in the foreseeable future um let's do a flower share and we marketed that and that kept us going we delivered to all over Sonoma County into Marin and even into San Francisco and so we did lots of like you know market elevated market bouquets Mm -hmm. is kind of what they were Mm -hmm. um because they had our flowers that were really intended for (laughs) weddings not getting like
0: like yeah like gorgeous Focal flowers that you wouldn't have ever seen. Yeah.
1: roses, jolly. Yeah, the whole works. And they loved it. Um, and we got really excited that maybe this is something we can continue to do. But as people started to reemerge from their homes and get back out and spend money on other places, the interest waned to continue to pay for that. So mm-hmm. it was a great thing that we were able to do during that time. And we loved it. Um, the field was pristine because all three of us were out there working in the field almost every single day all oh, together. So yeah. uh, yes. that was a fun, that was a difficult time, but that was also a fun time and, um, but yeah, so right now, while we, we, and oh, at that same time, we also offered quite a bit of online shopping for folks to be able to choose from like small, medium to large special occasion bouquets to, for us to deliver to friends and family. And we had quite a robust um, online shop at that point in time that was pretty active. Um, and then, yeah, just as 2021 weddings reemerged in full still recovering from 2021. Oh like.
0: my gosh, I can't um, imagine. <laughs> and
1: 2022 hasn't really been any easier um, in in or hasn't had, a, you know, it has been just as much as of a push in, in most ways. Um, we realized that, you know, we can't offer a flower share. We can't offer just weekly uh, an order to come in randomly here and there throughout the week. And so we've taken down our online shop and we've stopped our flower share and we're just focusing on weddings. And then we also do have, um, a few retail florists that we sell to on a regular basis who are huge supporters and have been with us for many years. Some of them, Mm -hmm. even since the days when I was back in Occidental, when I was first Jolie blooms, um, are
0: still, still with us
1: sarah reyes
0: yeah from um wildflower and fern
1: wildflower and fern yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah. wow does she drive up and pick up flowers from you or do you guys have some kind of way that you meet halfway
1: so we've done different setups we've dropped off to her we've dropped off at the marin farmer's market where Mm. she shops Mm. on thursday mornings and then but most of the time she has come up and done a route to different farms, and yeah. we're on that route. Yeah, she's so dedicated; it's amazing. Yeah,
0: we had her on the podcast last summer um, when I was um, coming I through that. town, and so I do remember her talking about that. But that's cool; like you're kind of curating your wholesale business for specific florists who you know are not just occasionally buying, but have this consistency because you need to know that too, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and they're uh, they're they're really the 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 right kind of florists because. They know that we're primarily growing for our events and that we don't, our, our consistency isn't going to be each week you're going to get X number of this and that, or, you know, it's like it, it wanes, it changes. Sometimes when we don't have a wedding week, we have a lot more to offer them and they're pretty much there for it. They're there for it.
0: They're like, we know we can sell this, whatever you have, whenever you have it. That's awesome. Wow. So I I kind of hate this question, but I'm just curious when you said 2021 was intense with weddings, like how many weddings did you produce for last year? And what's it been like this year? Like what's your, do you even have a normal anymore? I don't think we have a normal. We have a (laughs) goal. We don't have a normal. Last year we were just shy of
1: 40 weddings, which was a lot for us. Um, and they were all different scales. And, you know, a lot of those weddings we had, like, received the initial deposit for back in 2019. So it was, like, a weird year of just hustle, 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 push, push, push. And then at the end, you were kind of like, well, what just happened financially? Right.
0: But Did we, we make made it anybody? through
1: again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we made it through again. And then this year has been, I think we're um, just somewhere above 30 weddings, like 32, I'm pretty sure. And... Um, and then we've had some other like special events as well as weddings. Um, and that number feels a lot better. And the weddings are getting, you know, the budgets are getting bigger. And so that's also yeah. exciting to see that we're yeah. like starting really consistently to grow into the next level, which we've we've really set our minimums to the next level too. now
0: mm-hmm. and
1: gotten comfortable to say this is what we feel comfortable doing a full. Ser-. So we offer two two different options. We offer full service. And what the distinguish, like the, the, like what distinguishes it as full service is that there's going to be some type of installation involved mm-hmm. for sure. Right. That kind of puts it into the full service. We're going to need a team of people to,
0: to so install to be your on, wedding. You're going to be on site for longer and that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: And then the, the, we also do have basically what's an a la carte package and we call that our from the garden package. And that package is really honed in for people with smaller budgets or fewer floral needs and that they can either come to our studio and pick up everything packaged or we can just go and deliver to one spot on site and we're not doing any we, we used to offer that service with us also setting things out as an additional fee but we've decided just to distinguish the two really clearly this is a pickup or simply a delivery and everything will be beautiful and you are responsible for setting it up.
0: Wow. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that you are had have filmed a little demonstration of a, a, a signature Jolie Bloom centerpiece, which is just, <laughs> I got to see it already. So I'll just say, so beautiful. And um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm glad we're going to wrap up with that. But um, before we close this portion of the interview, I want to just talk about, um, you know, wintertime transition and what your plans are for 2023 because I think that that's um we're here at the end of October and um you're probably has had this on your mind for a while
1: yeah and I you know what that's a great question Deborah. (laughs) I think we've been you know just pushing so hard to get here and um I I'm excited that we're growing fewer. We're we're growing fewer overwintered crops. The crops that we are growing are ones that don't require a ton of attention. So we're going to actually take some time to reflect and to brainstorm and to dream in a way that we're still usually even pushing through the winter and we don't give ourselves enough downtime. So that's exciting. And, um, we do have a pretty good-sized fundraiser event that we get to be a part of and do for, for the Alzheimer's Foundation and Napa, and this will be our second year doing the florals for them, and so that's in December, so we'll have, like, a little push there, and then we have a February wedding, so we'll have that to, you know, keep our <laughs> but, designs going throughout, but there was but a lot of... Keep January
0: time. sacred, right? <laughs>
1: keep january sacred and and book weddings so that mm. the goal really always is and it hasn't ever fully come to fruition but if we could just have our year 100% fully booked like by march something and just be really focusing on the growing and the designing and not the booking of the rest yeah. of the weddings later on out that would just be great so that's the goal
0: okay i yeah. i i wish that for you that makes that Thank that would you. be just so great not only to get you um back into the farm and away from the desk but also you would be almost custom growing for these weddings and that would really benefit mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. customers if they if they understood that the earlier they book the more special not the more yeah. special but they would get a special attention in the field that'd be cool definitely yeah mm. All right. Well, my goal is to come visit you in 2023. I would just love to see where you are and visit your little town. There's no excuse. And we'll do it. We'll
1: do a tour again. If any places you want to, any other farms you want to see, any other studios.
0: (laughs) Danielle, that time we were together, I honestly, that was when I was like, I want her to work for me. She's She's thinking of things that I need before I think of them. Like you had this amazing project management um background that you brought to that experience and I loved it. <laughs> Aww. It was really fun. It was fun to be with you for the that kind of It was so fun uh, in, to be with intensive, you. Intensive and you have found places for me to stay and food for me to eat and people for me to meet. I loved it so much. So yeah, we need to get that on the calendar for twenty twenty three. Maybe Okay. Let's It's try. gonna have to be early enough though before your weddings go crazy. <laughs> so or, you know, come, or come and see the craziness. <laughs> I could do that too. I can, I can make a boutonniere, put me to work. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much. This has been great. And I'm so glad we're going to transition right to the, to the design demo. And I'll also have lots of photos that Danielle has shared in our show notes uh, at slowflowerspodcast.com when we uh, air this as the audio version. So thanks so much. Thanks, Deborah. Debra. for joining us today. I encourage you to watch the video for even more insights into Jolie Bloom's operation. As I mentioned in the intro, check out episode 583 at slowflowerspodcast.com to watch. And there you'll also find a bonus gallery of field and studio photography that uh, we've added to the show notes, as well as links to Jolie Bloom's social places so you can follow along with Danielle on her journey. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Details Flowers Software, a platform specifically designed to help florists and designers do more and earn more. With an elegant and easy-to-use system, Details is here to improve profitability, productivity, and organization for floral businesses of all shapes and sizes. Grow your bottom line through professional proposals and confident pricing with Details All-In-One Platform. All friends of the Slow Flowers Podcast will receive a seven-day free trial of the software. Learn more at detailsflowers.com. Well, it's November and we're getting ready to host our November Slow Flowers member meetup. Friday, November 11th, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. We'll welcome member and designer Hannah Morgan of Fortunate Orchard for our first in-studio meetup. When I visit her and we talk about slow and seasonal wreaths from harvest to holiday. Hannah is opening up Fortunate Orchard's brand new design studio in Seattle and will film um, live her wreath-making tips and advice while I join her in conversation. Hannah will cover a recommended supply list, ingredients and recipes, including wild-gathered and foraging best practices, mechanics and methods, care and shipping options, and selling your wreaths. You need to pre register to join us, and you can find the sign up link in today's show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 583 or in the profile menu at our Instagram page at SlowFlowers Society. See you there. Speaking of gorgeous holiday wreaths, I hope you've seen the new fall edition of the Slowflowers Journal published last week. It's called Harvest and Holidays, a digital issue filled with 66 pages of news, features, profiles, columns and essays, and gorgeous photography, all shining a light on the Slow Flowers community. This is published as a collaboration between Bloom Imprint and Slow flower Society. As a quarterly magazine, Slow Flowers Journal is tailored to flower farmers, floral designers, and a gardening consumer who has embraced the floral lifestyle. Our subscription is free to Slow Flowers members. And we're sharing this issue for free with the Slow Flowers Podcast listenership, too. You can find the link to download the magazine in today's show notes for episode 583 at slowflowerspodcast.com. Our final sponsor thank you goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978. Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small, around the U.S. Learn more at mayash.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than 900,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization next week you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table one stem one vase at a time i'll see you then